This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. And we're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Tyler Donaldson. It's warm weather for the foreseeable future in the Red River Valley. Grand Forks National Weather Service meteorologist Jennifer Ritterling says a closer has a closer look at the January heat wave. We will definitely be warmer than normal for this part of the country for today through the next few days. It is going to be tempered a little bit by clouds and fog, unfortunately, with or fortunately, if you like clouds and fog, um, <laughs> there is when we get w- these warmer temperatures moving over cold ground, we get a lot of the clouds, fog, sometimes freezing drizzle. So that will continue through today. We may see a little bit of clearing like towards sunset and here in Grand Forks, but yeah, it maybe not. <laughs> it, it does look like tomorrow we'll see maybe a little bit of sunshine, maybe. And then another system comes through Sunday and Monday, so we'll see more clouds and maybe some light precip chances with that. Ritterling warns that these conditions can lead to dangerous roads. Yeah, right now we are seeing some slick conditions, particularly in northeastern North Dakota, a little bit west of the valley where there's some road conditions. You know, 511 is probably your most up-to-date information for road conditions, but, you know, there are some slick conditions. We did have some freezing drizzle this morning. Expecting that to, even without sunshine, there will be a little bit of improvement uh, later on today with that as road temperatures get a little warmer. But as of right now, there are some slick spots, particularly on untreated surfaces like sidewalks. Mild weather and melting snow along with some rain in the lower Midwest will occur this weekend from Missouri to Ohio. The northern plains and upper Midwest will remain dry and warmer than usual. World Weather Incorporated says there is a better chance for snow and rain during the first week of February. Cash feeder cattle markets are swinging to the upside following traditional seasonal trends. Bagley Livestock Exchange owner Billy Bouchelle says more feeder calves are coming in preconditioned. Well, quite a bit of an upswing. Uh, you know, of course, we deal in mostly feeder cattle up here. So, uh, yeah, it's that time of year where the good framey, uh, you know, light flesh kind of calves always sell good in, as we creep towards spring. But uh, the overall general market is really giving it a big boost, too. So, uh, and, the, you know, just kind of everything's falling back into place, and we're getting back to the way it was here in early fall, late summer prices again. Bouchelle is optimistic for the long-term outlook. We're looking for some pretty bright times here for the cow-calf producer up in our region. We've seen still shrinking cow herds nationwide in spite of the good cattle prices. So, yeah, we're going to have some, and I'm not saying every week's going to go up. We'll have dips like what we had here this last couple months ago through October and November, but uh, now we're right back up again. It's not long-lasting things. Uh, The general trend is going to stay very strong for the cow-calf man in in the next quite a few years. I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for for people to probably generate more income than uh, any cow-calf herd has been able to in history. AgriSampo North American market analyst Sterling Smith says the cattle market is performing better. Cutouts had improved some earlier in the week when we were trading above $3 on choice. We've eased back below that a little bit, but supplies for packers are going to be forced to pay up for cattle. And that is putting some pretty good pressure on the nearby live contracts to the upside. And uh, feeder cattle, we know cattle supplies are going to be short. So that is going to uh, work 
keep those prices moving higher. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said after being hired to start the week, grain traders are taking profits going into the weekend. Started with some gains, you know, continued to gain strength through most of the, the week, especially in the wheat and corn kind of was a little more sluggish. It didn't really want to participate, but it did have some gains. And soybeans started off decent, but couldn't hold them either. So, yeah, it does look like uh, this week when it's all wrapped up is going to start good, finish poor, and then in the end, just be steady. AgWatch Market Advisors President Dewey Strickler says money flow is weighing on the grains. You know, we've had uh, short covering by the funds here uh, past few sessions. They had some really relative hefty short positions on. Looks like that short covering is over and done with. And I see where Argentina has raised their estimate uh, on their corn and soybean crops. So, you know, it's put the markets uh, down uh, here today, and, you know, I'm a little bit surprised in being down. Dollar's a little bit weaker here as well, but uh, that's not having any bearing on the market here right now. More rain has been added to Argentina's weather forecast beginning February 5th. World Weather Incorporated says this change shows up in all of the major models, and if it verifies, it will bring relief for most crops. Argentina will be dry through next weekend, with western Argentina being the driest. Frequent rains are expected to fall across much of Brazil, with most areas seeing a good mix of rain and sunshine. It's been a steady pace of farmland sales across the region. It's a busy time of year for Red River Land Company President Chris Griffin. Sales activity has been relatively strong. There was a fair amount of land that came on the market in the fall, and um, we're probably seeing about an average to slightly above average activity for the spring. Farmland values are holding up extremely well, but a lot depends on location. We've had uh, had biddings in areas where there's quite a few competitive producers. It, it's, it went extremely high. And then you'll get another area where it's maybe not as, you know, maybe there's not as many farmers around, and uh, those have been a little spottier. We haven't really seen it yet, but I'm. you wonder if well, there'll be an influence where the valley where the beets are, the land remains stronger than where you get out of the beet, beet area. The University of Minnesota Extension is offering the Minnesota Irrigator Program to provide classes on irrigation management covering topics such as irrigation basics, soil moisture sensors, scheduling, and variable rate irrigation. The program held on Wednesdays in March is in Staples, Minnesota and costs $75. That includes meals with limited spots available. Attendance at the program can contribute to certification in the Minnesota Agricultural Water Quality Certification Program and offer education credits for certified crop advisors. If unable to attend, the program will be available in rotating locations in future years. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. A South Dakota the South Dakota Legislature is wrapping up its third week. South Dakota Wheat Growers Association Executive Director Karen Osmond says there's a lot of discussion on foreign ag land ownership. We have seen a third draft on a bill for that. And, and overall, we've had a law on the books since the 70s, I believe, that's kind of taken care of this type of thing. And so 
We don't see a, a real big need for a change or something new, but I understand it's an important issue and we definitely don't want foreign folks owning our land or, or setting up shop that could be a negative influence on our nation. So we understand the, the worry to be um, cautious, but I think we've got something in place that works. Osmond says their organization is ready to support new legislation if it fits their current policy. Carbon pipelines are also a hot-button issue. The carbon pipeline is a huge issue. And, and on several, several different levels, there's the eminent domain and the landowner rights. And, of course, we think it's going to help our ethanol plants. And so um, there's just a lot of discussion that's going to have to take place um, before the end of session comes to see what's going to happen with that issue. So no real answers today, just some highlights on what's happening and going to keep our eyes open. University of Minnesota will host Nitrogen College in two locations over the next few weeks. First will be held January 30th and 31st in Monoman, the second taking place February 5th and 6th at Morton. The sessions will start on the first day in the morning with our deep dive into the four R's session which really looks uh, into a lot of detail about types of fertilizer, application timing, and a lot about the rate. Uh, Then in the afternoon of the first day, we've got adapting nitrogen management to climate because uh, a lot of the uh, needs and and demands of the crop and the conditions are based on uh, soil temperature and and soil moisture. And so we kind of take a look at uh, examining Uh, Those as far as making uh, adjustments in management from one year or one site to the next. That's University of Minnesota Extension water quality educator Brad Carlson. Attendees can take advantage of classes when they are most interested in. Both days begin at 9 a.m. We've got our session on reducing nitrate loss to water. Uh, It's becoming a very big issue. Uh, Farmers are probably going to be uh, uh, required to address that in the near future uh, if they're not already. Uh, So we look at the various practices that can lead to uh, less loss to the environment. And then the afternoon of the second day, we've got two brand new sessions that are each only an hour long. Uh, The first one is using biologicals, of course, something that a lot of farmers are very interested in for no other reason because of all the advertising they're hearing in those products. And then the second one is on the use of variable rate nitrogen technology, kind of explaining that and talking about how to evaluate that as a practice. More information can be found in the University of Minnesota's Crop News blog. Registration is free and supported by the Minnesota Corn Checkoff. The Northern Koi and excuse me, the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo will be held at its new location, the Red River Valley Fairgrounds Butler Machinery Arena, on Tuesday, February sixth. Northern Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Elmer says this will help attendees navigate and participate. It's going to be great because all of our events going on that day will be kind of all on the same footprint. And so it'll be uh, much more interactive and and, uh, so that producers can take it all in. In addition to the great agenda I can highlight uh, with a lot of great content and speakers, uh, we will also have a trade show going on. uh, And that is a great opportunity for egg producers to uh, visit with those egg practitioners, um, industry partners, the boots on the ground about the latest and greatest going on in our industry and uh, win some great prizes too. 
Breakouts will take place throughout the day with both the North Dakota Corn Growers Association and North Dakota Soybean Growers Association annual meetings over lunch. The content is really uh, unbeatable this year. Uh, Peter Zion, a lot of a lot of uh, producers have heard of him and have heard him speak. He's a geopolitical uh, scientist, if you will. He's going to talk about um, kind of world events, impact on agriculture. And there's a lot going on around the world that is impacting, you know, the price of corn and and supply and demand and all of those issues. So he is going to be just fabulous. It's, it's going to be a good day. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ariana Schumacher. Ariana, what's on the cover of Ag Week this week? So this week we are talking about the recent announcement of the dairy farm closure at South Dakota State University. So we're talking student responses, student goals and what they hope to see, as well as talk to the Dean of the College of Agriculture a little bit about what really made this decision happen and what their outlook is for after the closure. Is it an economic thing or what's going on? So yeah, funding definitely played a key role in this decision for the closure. There was $7.5 million allocated by the state of South Dakota, and SDSU needed to match that. Um, they weren't able to meet the, meet the funding requirements. It would have cost $28 million just to update the farm and $50 million to build a new dairy farm on campus. What about students? How, how are they reacting? A lot of them were initially shocked when they got the email. There wasn't a ton of warning going into it, but they definitely knew the farm was outdated and needed some repairs. They're a little concerned when it comes to things like extracurricular activities and getting that hands-on lab experience, but SDSU will be working with local dairy farms to make sure that students are able to work with dairy cows and still get that hands-on education. So the degrees stay in place? Yes, so all the degrees will stay. There will still be dairy manufacturing, dairy production, food science, and animal science. All those degrees that we're utilizing the farm will still be in place. Well, Ariana sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Quick look at markets before we leave you. Minneapolis March wheat down five cents at seven oh four, and Chicago wheat twelve and a half lower at five ninety nine and three quarters. Kansas City down eleven and a half at six twenty five and a half. March corn futures five and three quarters cents lower at four forty six. July corn down five and a half. Soybeans March futures down thirteen and three quarters at twelve oh nine and a quarter. May soybeans down thirteen and three quarters as well. Live cattle February futures sixty seven cents higher at one seventy eight forty. April live cattle ninety five cents higher at one eighty one sixty five. March feeders a dollar sixty five higher. February lean hogs sixty two cents higher. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.